this is the Flavor of Leadership podcast. I am your host, Clint Hoops. Together, we explore the unique blend of leadership wisdom that helps top leaders consistently achieve work goals, develop personally, and find fulfillment with family. Let's get started. Welcome to the first episode of the Flavor of Leadership podcast. My name is Clint Hoops, and I am excited to have you here. You know, consistently winning in life and as a leader at work is tough. And really, that's the reason I'm here. I want you to have a full life that includes the career achievement you dream of while also winning at home and with family and really in all parts of life that are important to you. I want you to accomplish great things while being an exceptional person. I have been an assistant manager. I've been a branch manager. I've been executive director and been a CEO like I am now and have learned many things through all of these different opportunities to lead. I have led teams both large and and also very small. I've worked within a large publicly traded organization uh, down to small business, all of which had very different needs. You know, whether you currently lead an entire company or you lead a department, or even just a single person, even if you just have a desire to lead someday, I believe you will find some insights here. So why a podcast? There are lots of ways to help the world and get information out there. So so why a podcast? You know, for me, I started listening to podcasts first back in about 2009. And podcasts hadn't been around too long at that point, at least under that name. You know, there have been audio blogs and and other things like that for for many years. But in 2009, I began listening to podcasts, and, and I loved the things that I could learn. Back then, there were not very many podcasts, and there are so many more now. But uh, many, many great things to learn. I've always had a love for audio learning whether it be, you know, audio books, whether it be fiction, nonfiction, any type of, of audio learning for most of my life. I think that's why a podcast has appealed to me so much. One of the other big reasons is I love to communicate with people one-on-one. I feel like it's in the one-on-one conversations that things really get accomplished, where communication truly happens. So on a podcast, I feel like this is a way that I can speak directly to you and help provide some sort of assistance, maybe some insight, maybe help you think about something a little bit different, maybe help you improve yourself in some small way. And often that some small way might make a huge difference in your life down the road, or even in the life of your family, or or in the life of one of your team members. I chose the title Flavor of Leadership for several different reasons. 
And uh, one of the first ones is its connection to food. I love food <laughs> and, uh, and have for, for, for most of my life. Uh, when I was young, my mother uh, would teach me about cooking. She had four boys before she finally had my little sister, the one and only girl. And so I think she figured if she was ever going to get any help in the kitchen at our house, she was going to need to teach the boys how to cook as well. So I remember uh, sitting alongside my mom and I remember having a, you know, a, a making cookies perhaps and, and counting cups of flour with her or counting eggs and, and her letting me learn to crack eggs on my own. And, you know, her probably having to go back and pick out all the shells that I messed up on, but she let me do it. She let me make mistakes until I learned. I remember my mother would, I remember her teaching me when I was young, I mean, probably seven or eight years old, how to season the Sunday roast, what to put on it, you know, how much salt to put. And, and, and I remember her, you know, showing me. And I remember in my little mind wanting to know exactly how much. And, 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 and she would just, you know, let me know it's a feel and this is how it is and this is how you do it. And she, she taught me to cook, to cook that way. And she began to let me experiment. She'd let me do the, do the roast and we'd add a little salt here and some pepper and we'd add some garlic and, and different things. And I'd get to experiment and, and it was a, a great experience. My wife also grew up loving to cook. And so it's kind of funny, even, even my wife, when she graduated from high school, she, she received a, a stand mixer for her for her graduation. So that, that shows you where she comes from as well and how much she loves to cook. And so, so us together, one of the things we like to do together is, is actually, is actually cook. It helps build our relationship. And, and it also is something that, that, that we love to do with our family and we love to do with our friends. And so we find it's a, it's a way that we can come together and be able to build relationships over meals. So flavor and food is something that's, that's very important to me and something I have, have worked hard on over the years. Now, into the leadership side of things. You know, I've had many incredible examples in my life of high-performing leaders. And I often sought to emulate them. Very similar to the food world where I would taste something wonderful at a restaurant or something that someone else would make. And I would think, oh, my goodness, how do I make this? How do I copy this? And, you know, I would, and, and often we'd go home and try to figure it out. And what is this? And what is that? And how do they do that? And, and we try to make make something either similar or exactly the same as what we had had seen or tried or enjoyed. And I found myself doing the same thing with these high-performing leaders that I would see. So whether those were high-performing leaders that I would see on a grand scale, you know, publicly traded companies or people in books that, you know, those type of leaders. And very often it was, it was leaders within the organizations that I worked. I have been blessed to work in some amazing organizations over the years with some leaders that have shown me how to be better. And at times, I would look at these leaders and think, okay, if I could just be like them, then I will have made it. <laughs> you know, I, I will be amazing. And at times, I found that I would emulate a little too closely. 
almost to the point that I was that I was pretty much unknowingly trying to copy their style in every way. You know, at times I would try to be a little more bold, a little more funny, or try to take more firm, firm control of my team, just like they did. And gosh, it never came across quite the same way. And it was overwhelming at times. You know, at times I found that I began to no longer enjoy my work or even my time off at home at times. You know, I don't believe that we have these separate compartmentalized parts of our life, like work life and home life. You know, we talk about them as if they're completely separate, but they all impact each other and really determine whether or not we have a full or fulfilled life. I want to have a full life that includes my faith, my family, as well as a great career. I want to have it all. And I know that if I'm struggling in any part of my life, whether that's my family or my career, that it impacts every other part of my life. And that can get overwhelming at times. And so when I found that I was trying to emulate too closely some of these leaders, I found that I wasn't operating in a place of strength for me. And so what I began to see over time is, as I did emulate these leaders, I found that, wow, some of the things I emulated were actually, actually did work very well. Other things, not so much. And I began to see patterns and I began to see that some of the things I was copying were style or the flavor of that leader. And some of the other things I would begin to copy were true principles. And I think that's a big distinction. There are true principles that must be executed for leaders to be successful. Let me repeat that. There are true principles that must be executed for leaders to be successful. You can't be successful without some of these true principles manifesting themselves within your leadership. But the way you do it or the style or the flavor Now, that is up to the individual, and that's actually very important that you maintain that within yourselves and within the team that you build. Now, having great people, having an intentional culture, having clear measurement for your people and for their results, now those are true principles. Those are things that have to take place, have to take place. And the way that you do it in the exact style, now that that you can you can you can make your own. Now, having your own leadership style, though, is not an excuse for lack of intentional personal development. You can't just say, well, this is who I am, and so take it or leave it. You must make and keep commitments to yourself. If you don't make and keep commitments to yourself, you'll never improve. You'll never get to that next level. You'll never begin to have the success of those wonderful, exceptional leaders that you see and that you want to emulate. The ones that operate within their own zone where they are successful. People love to work with them. 
people see their vision and want to follow. They want to be a part of that winning team. Everyone wants to be a part of a winning team. And when they see someone winning, they can't help but follow and help to make that team even stronger than it was before. And that's what I want for you. I want you to be able to be intentional in your development as a leader, in developing your flavor of leadership. Now, how are we going to do that? Well, the first thing that I need you to do is to reflect, self-reflection. Now, reflect on your current flavor of leadership. So what is your current flavor? What does it look like? You may think that you don't even have one. Or you may think, well, my flavor's good enough. The way I do it, my style, it is what it is. If people don't want to be on my team, then they can take a hike, go somewhere else. It's their problem, not mine. But reflect on where you're at. And think about what is the single trait that most helps you be a great leader? So what is the single trait that most helps you be a great leader? You may know it right offhand. It should be one of your strongest places that you operate. So what is your single trait that most helps you? So once you've reflected on this, you got to figure it out and know what your biggest, you know, because it's truly going to be your biggest asset. If you're not exactly sure, that's when you can ask someone close to you that you trust if you need some help. But write it down. After you've written it down, this is where you need to seek to develop it and make it stronger in a very intentional way. So next piece that you're going to do. The first one is figure out what your single best trait is. The second one is let's figure out what your single worst trait is. Or what is your single item that most attracts from your success as a leader? And seek to eliminate it for the good of your people that you lead and your own personal development. Now, what are what is this item that detracts from your success? It may be a bad habit that you have developed over time and you don't even fully realize it. It might be that you cut your people off in conversation. You don't let them finish what they're saying. You don't listen. Maybe it's asking leading questions when you are working with your team and trying to guide them to, you know, the answer that you've already predetermined is right. Or maybe it's a task that you currently do, but you refuse to let it go. Maybe you've done it forever and you know that you're the best one to do it and that it will take longer if anybody else does it or they won't be able to do it as well, but you hold on to it. What are the things that are holding you and your team back. Identify what this item is. And if it's a task, then delegate it. Get it to somebody else. Teach them. Take the time to teach somebody else how to do it. Will they do it as you good as you? Probably not. Especially not in the beginning. But that's okay. If it's the right, if it's the right thing for the team. What about if it's a bad habit? or a trait. 
Well, the problem is so often we want to snap our fingers and have the immediate improvement done. But it's not always quite that easy. So much of it is just awareness. So in order to help you become more aware, once you've identified this item, you are going to write it down and you are going to work for five minutes a day for the next week. Identify the item, and then for five minutes a day for the next week, you need to consciously focus on improving that one habit. And once again, if it's an item or something you need to delegate or eliminate, then do that. Make it happen in the next seven days. So excited for you and what you'll be able to find from that. This is going to be a weekly podcast. Excited to be able to come here each week and have a conversation with you. So I'll be back again next week for more. Next week, we are going to be discussing how clear metrics make for a happy team and a happy and an effective leader. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of the Flavor of Leadership podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at flavoroflearership.com. Thanks for listening.